0: It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at wfpk.org from Louisville Public Media.
1: I'm just looking at all your posters, so
2: Consequence Podcast Network And welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with. It's the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org, Consequence, and the consequence podcast network thank you as always for making your way here for checking out the series uh, please do hit that subscribe button while you're hanging around of course uh that way you can keep up with all the interviews that we put out every single week new and every monday wednesday and friday three interviews a week to keep you up to date on your favorite artists and uh, discover those new ones all the usual places including spotify apple podcast and npr wfpk.org consequence youtube for the video versions or anywhere you get your podcast from. You can subscribe to Kyle Meredith With. And don't forget to leave a rating and a review. That's the best way to help out uh, a show like this. Uh, wherever you're listening from, if you give it a little rating, and then uh, tell other people uh, why you like it or or what your favorite episode was, which artists you uh, want to hear from in the future, uh, any of that Goes such a long way. And I'll keep trying to bring you the goods with the guests that dropped by, including some of my most recent interviews with uh, Jack Antonoff of Bleachers. We had uh, actor Peter Capaldi and Tom Mucci to talk about criminal records. McKenna Grace was here. We also recently, uh, let's see, revisited my interviews with Janelle Monet, Andy Taylor of Duran Duran, Josh Hami of Queens of the Stone Age, Dolly Parton, Les Claypool of Primus, Keanu Reeves, Jeff Ahmed from Pearl Jam. David Allen Greer was here to talk about The Color Purple. Mikael Hausman dropped in to uh, discuss uh, Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon. We also talked with uh, Gracie Abrams, the cast of Culprits, Vince Clark of Erasure and Depeche Mode, and uh, and so many more. That's just an example of what you get when you subscribe to the Kyle Meredith With Podcast. Of course, that's me, Kyle Meredith, today talking with one of my all-time favorites, Slater Kenny. Carrie Brownstein and Corin Tucker. Uh, the duo are back with a new Slater-Kinney album called Little Rope. It's it's a record that was completed in the aftermath of um, of a deadly car accident involving Carrie's mother and stepfather in Italy in uh, late 2022. So, of course, we're going to discuss how the, as they say, emotionally personal album felt like at higher stakes. Uh, we will discuss the choice to open with the uh, dark and sinister hell and being very specific about the sounds they were going for with uh, producer John Congleton. We also hear about Corinne's vocal approaches, especially on a collection that finds her taking the lead more than any other Slater-Kinney album in the past. Uh, they had uh, J. Smith Cameron uh, from uh, from Succession star in the video for Say It Like You Mean It. And, uh, and we'll hear how even the darkest moments lead to a final sliver, at least, of hope by the end of the journey. All that and more as we talk little rope. It's Kyle Meredith with Carrie Brownstein and Corin Tucker of Slater Kenny. Hi. Hi. It's great to see you guys. And um I know it's uh I, I want to say it's been a long time. It hasn't really been a long time. It just feels like it's been a long time. <laughs> I think. But um I, you know, I'll do what probably everyone's doing right now. Let me throw you the compliments. This record is so good. You all have never let me down. Somehow you're still batting a thousand on your records. No small feat. So just congratulations on another fantastic uh, disc you've got here.
1: Wow, thank you. Yeah, we're really happy about this one. Excited to uh, have people hear the whole thing and definitely excited to play these songs live on tour.
2: Let me, um, I I was trying to figure out how to get into the record because there is, in, in the press release, there is a story of loss and grief and sometimes I know the press release doesn't tell the whole story because I know some of these songs also started before uh, the events and I didn't want to make any assumptions. And I thought I would just kind of throw it at you to, to see what the story of this album is in its totality, I guess. And
3: Yeah, I think Little Rope is an album that is a journey. You know, we started the album... A while before we went into the studio, we started writing songs, um, that were personal and pretty emotional. I think everyone, you know, coming out of the pandemic was going through something. And I think a lot of these songs were reflecting that. Um, but I think that, you know, even though we started recording the album during the summer before... Um, you know Carrie had a very personal tragedy that happened the whole album was definitely impacted by a sense of loss and a sense of um, you know our friendship and our our collaboration was was tested by it and it was asked of more because of what she was going through and so I think the whole album became emotionally tied to that To what happened?
1: Yeah, and I think the stakes just feel high on this record, you know. But it doesn't mean that everything is dire, you know. I wouldn't say this is a a dark record. I think it it wrestles with the in betweenness, you know, the precariousness of of our lives. But part of that precariousness is is balancing between two disparate states, and sometimes that state is is joy and levity, and other times it's you know, despair, but there are a lot of shimmering, catchy moments on this record. I think it really just affected the process, you know, and that Corin sings when people hear this record, this is probably the most Corns sang on a Slater-Kinney record. And in, in a really long time, I just wasn't in a place where I could sing as much. And there's just a lot of care and carefulness in terms of the, the composition and arrangements on these songs. Um, it's just a record we threw ourselves into. And I think people will hear that. There is there's an energy and a urgency and a restlessness and also a, a bit of celebration.
2: And the celebration, you can hear it in the music because for as heavy as the topics might be, it ends up being a fun album to listen to. And And, you know, and that's one of those moments where I'm like, you know, at what point, trying not to be voyeuristic you know trying not to read too much It. trying to just take in the songs as as they're given you know and as, as an artist i don't know how much you think about that i don't know how much you think about the album in a in a um sort of a linear way because because starting out with hell i think that goes against the that goes against everything i just said. <laughs> that's it's not what i would call a fun song you know it's a heavy song it's a beautiful song in its darkness how does that set up the record If, if you think of it like that way at all.
3: I think we wanted to start with hell because we wanted to drop the listener into this world that we were building, you know, that was this sort of dark, slightly sinister sound at the beginning of the song, but also very melodic and contemplative, but it just, has like a very rock and roll chorus where we're all just like yelling along with each other you know that we're all you know it has this idea that we're all kind of in this together and that is i think what the what the album is trying to do is saying like yes we have these we have these very dark moments we have these fun silly manic moments but we're doing it together you're not alone And that's what I think that the record is is trying to do, you know, with with the the musicians and the audience.
2: And we'll be right back, right after this. Shout out to uh, Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. Uh, I, I live in Kentucky, in the Midwest, and allergies, yeah, I suffer. When I say I suffer from allergies, I suffer from allergies. And around here, everyone I know Welcome back. It's Kyle Meredith with Slater-Kenny. Carrie, you know, you were talking about the, the the music too. At this point in your career, do you all still think about the specific, how a record should sound? I mean, does does the record just come on its own or do you, do you all still think like, oh, let's try this sound? You know, do, does that still, does that happen at all?
1: Absolutely. I think, and it has happened, I would say, starting with the Hot Rock, you know, which was such a change from Dig Me Out, you know, which... Dig Me Out was was very raw we recorded it in a matter of days and then The Hot Rock is is sort of contemplative and understated and has all of these intertwining melodies and 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 kind of is introverted really to to Dig Me Out's extroversion so there is a real precedent i think to us thinking about the sonic landscape of the album and you know there is a vernacular that you know, Corin and I in particular have created around Slater-Kinney the way that our guitars intertwine, the way our voices overlay. Uh, But we're not precious with how they fit together. We know that they will fit together. We trust that process. There's something sort of ineffable about it. But, you know, in terms of what does the guitar sound like? Well, let's let's do some tone hunting, you know, like what, what, let's get something more rubbery here. Let's get something that sounds has a little more chorus on it or a little more flange. Like how, how can this instrument express itself in a way that suits the song? Uh, I think it has to suit the song. You know, I don't think we start with a sound and say, let's build a song around this specific sound, but is there a way of conjuring something or evoking something through changing up how we approach things? And it's one of the reasons we work with producers. And I think, you know, with this album, we had John Congleton come in and he was the right combination of not being too um, purist about who and what Slater-Kinney is. He knows he's been a fan of the band for a long time. He knows what's great about this band. He knows what we're capable of, but he's also like, okay, how can we mess this up in moments that take people by surprise? So we we're always interested, I think, in forwarding the narrative, having moments of innovation, challenging ourselves, being rooted in who we are we know who we are and you know we're, we're still working within the you know we're not we're not making we're ma- not making a crazy left turn jazz album although when people do that like andre 3000 sometimes it's great you never know but we haven't done that yet
2: uh, yeah my, the first time i listened as i was just taking the notes Because sometimes we use other bands, of course, to to kind of explain. And and for the first time, I, I wrote down Gang of Four and Sonic Youth. And I thought some of this record, it sort of reminds me of Gang of Four and Sonic Youth. And it surprised me that I don't think you all had ever reminded me of those two bands before. And I might have expected that, if that makes sense.
1: That's so funny because we were definitely trying to remind people of Gang of Four on Dig Me Out. I mean, I just I remember writing the riff for one more hour thinking, I hope. I hope everyone knows this is like a Gang of Four song. So I'm glad it took us 25 more years to get anyone to think it sounded like Gang of Four.
2: <laughs> now it's there. It's there out in the open. Who was it? Uh, you, you mentioned Congleton. Uh, called him a perennial rascal. I, I read that somewhere.
1: <laughs> oh, that was me. He is a little perennial rascal. He's like, he's like having a, a, a brother in the studio. It are just like, we're always needling corn would just be like, Oh my God, you guys like rolling her eyes, the amount of nicknames that he comes up with, uh, none of which we could use on the air. Uh, it's, um, yeah, he's very, very fun as well as being good, <laughs> good at his job. He's very fun.
2: Uh, Corn, you know, as we, uh, as we talk about the music, you know, your, your voice is an instrument too, which has always been one of the most powerful instruments in rock and roll. And I mean that. Do you go into it? I'm sort of asking this in the same way, like vocally with as much singing as you do, did you go into it thinking of it in in any certain way?
3: I think that I tried different approaches on this album, maybe more than, than other albums in the past, that I would try a song a certain way and maybe come back to it to get a, an approach that was like a little more nimble and a little lighter in certain ways. So that if I, if I could start the verse in a different place, you know, it gives me more runway to reach a a larger apex in the, in the chorus, if that makes sense, you know? So it's just, I think that is one of the things about doing it for a long time is having the patience to like Really engineer the song to give you the the largest impact sometimes sometimes that means starting starting much smaller um with a voice than than you would actually think
2: well the fun moments are all over it, and uh I, I know I've used that word I'm trying not to overuse that word, but especially on this on on the single I would say it like you mean it you know it's so sing sing along i guess you know in those moments, which by the way uh and and watching the music video, you've got the j Smith Cameron on there who until recently I did I'm in Louisville I think she's from here or maybe she spent a lot of time in here but of course there's succession and all of my attention was there what is she a friend I mean how did she end up in the video oh
1: I just asked her it's just uh I mean she was I noticed she was following me on my personal Instagram account and I'm a big fan of succession and uh I just thought why not I'll I'll reach out and see if she's up for making a music video i don't think this is something she's done yet she's done a lot of things she's done a lot of broadway she's done a lot of film and tv but she hasn't done a music video and uh we were very lucky that she was she was open to it you know she took it very seriously but i think in the end we had a lot of fun and yeah i'm, I'm really i think we're both very grateful that she was game
2: and we'll be right back right after this welcome back it's kyle meredith with Slater Kenny. I'm just kind of looking at the track list over here. Like, don't feel right. I mean, I feel like, I feel it like, as I hear it, we're really down in the hole in that moment of the album. Maybe, but you haven't given up. I'll kind of throw this one back out there too. What can you say about this one? Because that's just one of those, I have, I've come back to that one a few times as much as enjoyed it as as a curiosity. Like, where are we here?
1: In some ways that's, a song is like a love letter to to friends and people in your life when you are wrestling with despair and despondency and grief and depression and it is a very isolating feeling sometimes and it's disorienting and it's incoherent that's what i think about this song in terms of like the narrator like you get to the chorus or um and it's sort of just saying, like, don't, you know, just kind of stay away from me. Like, I'll, like, I'm not in a good place. It's that pushing away. But what I always think about is just that line, like, all I know is I don't feel right, you know, don't feel right. Like, it's just, this is, just, it's kind of reducing something so much bigger than you that you can't yet grasp. You don't yet have the language for. You just know that like everything has been reordered in your life everything's been reconstituted and reconfigured in a way that exposes all the cracks and all the horrors and all the vulnerabilities. And it just, it leaves you kind of sick and forlorn. And so um, yeah, so that, that to me, it's, it also has a dry it feels like a, a driving song to me. Like it feels like the way that, you know, it's kind of structured musically, like it has that kind of it's a little bit propulsive and you just kind of, you know, repeated riff in the verse and you just keep, you keep going, you keep going and and driving along and, and ruminating and meditating until you come out the other side. And I, I think that's why that song is kind of where it, where it is in the um, order of things too.
2: And then journey. And by the end of the record, I do feel like it's something has lifted a bit, that there's light there. There's sort of this, get back to workedness. <laughs> or or get or back get to back work to
1: <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> it's it's all about it's it, it's actually underwritten by a lot of co- companies where we're just we want people to just get back to work that that work everyone feels so so validated for doing
2: <laughs> but the, uh, that last line or you know i'll find a way i'll pick your luck you know at, right at the end of the album i don't know you know and quorum, what can you say like you know as we talked about hell leading it off like where are we left here
3: I think there is an element of like a sliver of hope of resistance at the end of the album, you know, that, that, that we haven't really given up even though, you know, we find, <laughs> we find the journey very um, difficult at times that, you know, there's still an element of the punk rock, you know, of like, well, you can call me or whatever you want. You can look at me however you want, but I'm still fighting that. You know, and that's that's kind of in the DNA of this band. And I think it's it's something we want to kind of leave people with, you know, uh,
2: it is powerful. And um, and I also want to say it's, it has a beautiful album cover uh, that goes along with it. I don't know if, if you all think of that in a way that speaks to it as well. Like, Carrie, when did you learn to float? Um, might be the yes, question. <laughs> I,
1: I know. Well, <laughs> like a lot of people learned how to make bread during the pandemic, but I just worked on that, that floating. Yeah
2: envious of that. I've had lots of dreams where I do that. I haven't been able to oh, Yeah,
1: Yes, that is uh, Sophia Nolly Allison. Uh, she's a photographer and we were really, really drawn to her work. She seemed just to capture that kind of precariousness that I was talking about earlier that these states that are liminal and where you're sort of stuck in one on one precipice with a view of the next and and not sure where you're going to land. And I think uh, she was really good at kind of capturing that, that eeriness um, and sort of a very momentary serenity (laughs) before a a potential fall or crash. Just, um, yeah, it feels again, those kind of the high stakes that, exist, even in the quiet moments.
2: It's powerful. The whole thing is powerful. Um, I'm hoping I'm not over complimenting you guys. And and again, I don't mind if I'm over complimenting you. So Uh, seriously, congratulations on this. I love what you all do. I'm so grateful that you've kept at it. And thanks for taking the time to talk about it.
1: Yeah, we really appreciate it. Yeah, a pleasure to be here, Kyle. Thank you so much.
2: And my thanks to Carrie and Corin. The new Slater-Kinney album is called Little Rope. Thanks, of course, to you for checking out the uh, the episode. Uh, please do hit that subscribe button so you can keep up with all the interviews that we put out every single week. A new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at Spotify, Apple Podcast, at NPR, WFPK.org, Consequence, YouTube for the video versions, anywhere you get your podcast from. You can subscribe to Kyle Meredith with, and don't forget to do us a big favor and give the uh, series a rating and leave a review wherever you're listening from. Then after that, head over to WFPK.org. That's where I do a show Monday through Friday, starting at 6 p.m. Eastern. You get four hours of classics from the uh, 90s, from the 80s and 70s, you get the best of new music. There are bonus interviews, lots of music news as well. One of my recent shows feature the music of The Kinks, The Cars, Lush, The Flaming Lips, The White Stripes, Big Thief, Hooray for the Riff Raff, Remy Zero, Tom Waits, Ike and Tina Turner, Josh Ritter, Teddy Swims, Boy Genius, The Afghan Wigs, Porno for Pyros, Greg Brown, Angie McMahon, James, Morrissey, Lenny Kravitz, Smoking Popes, The Beatles, Bjork. Fleetwood Mac, Mary Clayton, Brittany Davis, Snail Mel, PJ Harvey, David Bowie, and my interview with director McG as we talked about the Netflix film Family Switch, just an example of what you get every weeknight starting at 6 p.m. Eastern at WFPK.org. Consequence has your music and film news. You can also find me on the old social media sites. The address is always the same. It's at Kyle Meredith. So I do hope you like and follow along. And that does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith, and I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network.
0: Have a wonderful day. Bye. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media.